0: Don't worry, Paul, the audio guys are saying drop them more often because because we do need to replace them anyway. <laughs> It'll just speed up the process if, they, if something bad would happen. I know as, um, as Sue had shared, surprised us all with announcement, I, 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 not that we didn't perceive it coming, but um, it was all of a sudden, oh, okay. Um, and so it's like, oh, it's today that quick. Um, so I do, before we jump into the sermon this morning, I do want to just take a minute to at least pray for, for John and Sue. Um, you know, as Sue shared, to be moving on to uh, into Mercersburg. I don't know the exact name of the Brethren in Christ Church there. But, um, but to be able to ask for God's blessing on them. So I'm going to ask them to just stand where they are at in their seats. I'm not going to ask them to come up front or anything. If you're, if you're close by, just... Reach out your hand towards them, if you sit in your seats and pray with me, but we do want to ask for God's blessing, uh, certainly exemplified for us throughout the Bible, that God puts us at different places at different times, and then moves us on from one place to another time. We don't always understand why, we don't always understand the purposes, but we know that we serve a sovereign God who is over all things, who controls all things, who has ordained our steps. and. Even in my sermon today, I'll talk a little bit about the timing of God in our lives. So let's pray for, for John and Sue and ask for God's blessing on them and for God to touch them in a special way as they move on in their lives in this next step of their journey. Heavenly Father, I, I want to start by saying thank you for being a, our God. And again, I thank you for a sweet time of singing praises to you and just, just soaking you in. Um allowing you to pour into us. And Sue has been part of that ministry up here on the stage for many years, um, leading us in worship and, and guiding us and sharing her inspirational thoughts to us and sharing her testimony quite often about how God is working in her life, um, not just through church, but in, in her work and her home and all areas of her life, and has been willing to share that testimony. And Lord, you you have taken her from this place, and you are going to bring her to someplace new along with John and join them together. And I ask for your blessing on them. I ask you to honor and bless them because their commitment first to you and their commitment to each other, and that you will make a way for them, that you will make straight paths for them in all their ways as they acknowledge you that you will continue to make the path straight for them and bless them. We ask that you continue to guide them into finding ministry opportunities in their future. And as Sue has so faithfully served here, Lord, we ask that you open up the new doors for her in this new step of her journey, for her to be able to serve you in her new home as well. Bless them and keep them, and may your face shine upon them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to look at a subject uh, this morning and jump into Mark chapter 1. In Mark chapter 1, looking at verses 14 and t- fourteen through 20, a very short passage of Scripture. But allow God's Word to speak to us and hopefully in the end uh, get to a point that we can talk about some good news in our lives and what it means to follow God God's Word says after John was put in prison Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God the time has come he said the kingdom of God is near repent and believe the good news as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen come follow me Jesus said and I will make you fishers of men at once They left their nets and followed him when he had gone a little further he saw james son of zebedee and his brother john in a boat preparing their nets and without delay he called them and they left their father zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him let's pray together heavenly father we look to your word this morning and we look to your word to speak to us we look to your word to speak to us and shine its light into our lives, to be that light so we can see our way, Lord, allow these words of yours to come alive, and through your Holy Spirit, to continue to instill into us the hope that lies before us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here's the reality i want to start with reality and the best way to start is if you start at the bottom then at least you can build up somewhere to the top and so i'm going to start with the terrible hole at the beginning a full warning of, of where i'm going to start here's the reality we deal with i don't know if you've been in the grocery store lately but if you've been in the grocery store lately you know that it's painful it's extremely painful uh, I, and my wife sent me in to get some healthy food for us to make a couple salads for breakfast and I walked out of the grocery store with like a $30 bill in one bag of groceries I mean it, it's like oh my and it's not getting any better um, that's not exactly good news is it <laughs> it's not good news I don't know if you put gas in your car recently I keep the truck parked most of the time and take the car but it's not much better on gas but the reality is gas prices are pretty high gas prices are pretty high And I I personally, just me personally, I don't see them getting much better, not not at least in the new future, in the near future. It's not good news. Everything you need to meet the basic needs of life, uh, whether it's housing, food, clothing, gas for your car, the prices seem to be ridiculous and getting higher and higher and higher. Uh, Basically, I would call it not good news. I don't to make things a little bit worse for you. Have you turned on the TV lately and watched the news? <laughs> Some people say, no, no, not going there. The reality is you turn on the TV and depending on what news you're watching, it'll either make you sad, mad, cry, or swear to never watch it again, or maybe even make you swear. I hope not, but it, it drives you to that point of insanity. And if you pick up a newspaper and read it, it's really not much better. And so I'd say, well, go to social media, and you start going there, and that could even be more disastrous. And you you put a picture on social media of kids playing in the park, and then you find out that the trees didn't have enough leaves, and the grass wasn't green enough, the kids didn't have the right coats on, and the one needed his nose blown. And and that's the kind of response you get on social media. And so you don't want to go there either, and it ends up being... Not so good news. So what do we do? What what do people do because of all of these things that are going on in our world? What is the reality that we're living living with today? And again, I'm gonna paint a really dismal picture for you here in the next minute. The reality is, here's what people do. They either crawl in a closet and they hide. They they really do. They they crawl in a closet and hide. I'm going to isolate myself from all of this and pretend that none of this is really happening. And that's one response another response is they find a really large bottle and they keep drinking it and they drink it and they drink it and they drink it and they find another large bottle and they drink it and again it's no different than crawling in a closet and hiding the only thing you're disguising it with something else and you're running from the truth that's giving um, that's happening the other response really that a lot of people have is they just give up it's not a pretty answer either they give up there's no hope there's no future I can't do anything about it and he just give up and sadly all three are happening right now and happening right now this morning people are lost and it's really so bad and I'm gonna blow you away with this it's so bad did you know that suicide rates in our country are twice that of homicide rates Suicide rates in our country are twice that of homicide now. I am pretty sure 100% sure that I can get a consensus this morning of everybody in this room and, and everybody that was watching on Facebook or whatever media this is going out on I can get a consensus that Homicide is bad wrong and should not be happening. I think I can get a hundred percent consensus that nobody wants people killing other people and we could all reach an agreement that that is something that is bad and needs to stop and and needs to come to an end but suicide is twice the numbers of homicide and we don't talk about it we don't discuss it we don't want to face it and every once in a while i'll see a nice post on social media about sharing with others that there is hope I think it's happening. I know it's happening because there's no hope that people are lost. And clearly, they have no direction or no hope of even tomorrow, let alone for all eternity. And that's a lot of bad news. That's a lot of bad news. And I warned you up front, so in all fairness, I warned you. I need us to get back to finding some good news i need us to get back to a point as believers in jesus christ as people who know jesus christ as our lord and savior and get back to the point of understanding and holding on to some good news we've been entrusted with the good news and this morning i want us to refresh ourselves and walk this out what it means to have good news we need some good news all of us need good news our friends our friends that we come into contact every day need needs good news the world needs good news and that takes me back to mark chapter 1 verse 14 we're gonna jump into mark 1 14 and we're gonna start talking about what Jesus said here when we start off we start off with the the good news was proclaimed at the right time there was no delay the good news was proclaimed at the right time we have heard and read about John the Baptist. Uh, hopefully all of us know about John the Baptist. John the Baptist had a very distinct role. He was preparing the way for Jesus Christ. Now, if we remember, remember way back to Elizabeth and she was going to have John the Baptist as a baby, she was about six months ahead of Jesus. Now, if we put these stories into perspective, and this is all conjecture, but I want you to understand this. So John the Baptist was born. Six months later, Jesus was born most people would not enter into some kind of public ministry until the age of 30 so we have john the baptist who most likely at the age of 30 started telling people to repent for the kingdom of god was coming and it was telling them to repent and be baptized and so that was john the baptist time john the baptist time lasted about six months and then it was jesus time And notice what Mark says to us. Mark in 1.14 makes it very clear. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. See, one was John the Baptist time for six months? He was then thrown into prison, and then we move into good news time with Jesus, sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. There's a time for everything. Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. You know, the whole one. There's a time to dance, a time to cry, a time to mourn, a time to laugh. Go on and on and on through Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a time for everything. Mordecai shares with her, with her niece, with his niece, Esther. He says in Esther 4.14, one of these verses that I love in the Bible, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Who knows except that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Esther is now the queen and she was now in a position where she could save all of the Jews, save all of the Israelites from being persecuted for such a time as this. When Jesus came, it was the right time. It continues forward, this is now Jesus' time and it continues forward to our day. I said John the Baptist had six months Jesus has eternity and and we go forward from there and the prophetic voices in the Old Testament pointed to Jesus time John the Baptist pointed forward to Jesus time and now we have Jesus fulfilling the Word of God proclaiming the good news of God I want to give you another example a quick one of of the right time the Samaritan woman the woman at the well how many believe that it was just a coincidence that Jesus sat down at that well a little bit before noon and that a Samaritan woman came out at noon to get some water how many people believe that was a coincidence how many people believe it was just an accidental event in timing see I don't believe either of those I believe that it was a sovereign godly appointment for Jesus to be there his disciples going into town to get a bologna and cheese sandwich for him maybe not bologna and cheese steak and cheese steak and cheese that's a little bit better they go into town to get him lunch and jesus is sitting there tired at a well fully knowing that the samaritan woman would come out and need to hear about the good news of jesus christ there's timing there's perfect timing that the good news would be proclaimed at the right time god ordains and establishes every moment in jesus's life and he ordains and establishes every moment in our lives and i think that's where i missed the point and i believe all of us miss the point is missing those ordained moments it is no accident that you are here this morning I know that you had the full choice to get up out of bed on a cold Sunday morning and come into this building 100% free will to make that choice. But God also knew that you would be here on this day in this time to hear this message, to sing the worship songs we had, to hear the prayers, to meet somebody that you never met before. All of it is God's perfect timing and God ordains and establishes our moments at the right day, at the right time to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm going to keep moving on. Good news proclaimed at the right time, and it was positioned to the right people. I'm moving on quickly because I have a really, really long conclusion this morning. Verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus says, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. It was positioned to the right people. Jesus called people forward to assist him in spreading the good news. He knew that one day he would die on the cross, he would come back from death, raised from the dead, he would ascend into heaven. He needed people to carry on the good news, and he found the right people that were positioned at the right time to share that good news and to be ministered with him. He allowed the Holy Spirit to direct him, and in a curious fashion, he tells Simon and his brother Andrew I want you to understand, we've heard this phrase over and over and over, but he tells Simon and his brother Andrew, he says, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me, we're going to go fish for people. Think about that one for a moment. We're going to go fish for people. Oh, from a little kid, I remember singing the little song, I will make you fishers a man, fishers a man, fishers a man. I will make you fishers a man if you follow me. If you follow me, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of man if you follow me. And I remember singing that little song as a kid, right? And you somewhat understood what that meant. But think about, think about Andrew getting out of his boat. Think about Simon, okay? We're used to throwing a net in the water, pulling out fish. We would keep some for ourselves. We would cut it up and we would eat it. And then we would sell some to some other people and make our our living off of it. And now this guy's telling us, let's go fish for men. I figured that one out as a little kid. What are we going to do with the men when we catch (laughs) them? Do you flay them? What do you do? And yet there was a purpose of what Jesus was telling them. Jesus would teach them and spend the next three years showing them, teaching them, exemplifying before them what it meant to catch men. He would send them out on practical training missions to go out into the world to see what it meant to catch men. He would teach them the good, the bad, and the ugly of catching men. Matthew 10 gives a very, very good description of going out and and catching men. Uh, Matthew 10, 10 tells us that they would proclaim the good news, but they would also... They would also heal the sick, they would raise the dead, they would cleanse people with leprosy, they would drive out demons. Here's the ugly of it. Matthew ten, fourteen. If anyone will not welcome welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town, shake the dust off your feet. That's that's not always pretty. That's not always pretty. Yet it was positioned to the right people, and those right people heard the good news and understood what it meant to go out and share that good news with the right people. And sometimes it would hit the ears of the wrong people and they didn't want to hear anything about it. I want to jump in my Bible here to 1 Timothy chapter 3. It was our, our homework this week, and I didn't do my homework. See, that's full confession to my Sunday school teacher. But in 1 Timothy 3, is it 1 Timothy 3 or 2 Timothy? 2 Timothy, see? I get to the right one. That Sunday school teacher says, 2 Timothy 3. I read through it in Sunday school class this morning. And I'm going to find the verse real quick. Here you go. Verse 12. You know, the good, this is proclaiming the good news to the right people. And this is what you get as a Christian sometimes. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I didn't make that up. 2 Timothy 3.12. 12. 2 Timothy 3.12. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Do you want to live a godly life? I do. I want to live a godly life. Do you want to be persecuted? Not me. The good news is let's go out and share the good news and let the chips fall where it may that's the good news and sometimes it comes with persecution actually the bible says it will come with persecution if you want to live a godly life you're going to be persecuted and so let the chips fall where they may but we still need to take the good news to the right people and take the good news forward the good news to the right people i'll give you another story in the bible to understand this one jonah God says, go to Nineveh, share the news. wasn't going to be real good news to the Ninevites, but go to Nineveh, share the news. And Jonah says, forget that, I'm going to Tarshish. Okay, a little bit, make the story short. A storm thrown overboard into a fish, vomited out onto on land, and he says, okay, I guess I'll go to Nineveh and share the good news. The good news has to be going to the right people, and God will direct us, and God will steer us to take the good news to the right people. It's going to be proclaimed at the right time, and it was positioned at the right people. We'll keep going on with this story in Mark, where it was promptly followed the right way. I don't know about you, but this is the way my life works. I have a long list of things to do, and I'll get them done tomorrow. (laughs) Isn't Isn't that the way it works? I, see, I don't know about your, lift, your list, but that's the way I'm driven. And when the deadline gets really co- close, I start calculating the number of hours it's going to take me to get something done. And if it's going to take me four hours to get it done, well, we still have six hours until it needs done, so I can wait another two to start it. And we wait and we wait and we wait. And we wait. In verse 15 of our text in Mark chapter 1, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And the response from from Simon and the response from Andrew and the response from James and the response from John was to move without delay. To move without delay. Today, can we make sure that we are resting in the good news brought to us by the words of Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ calls us to repent, our response is to believe. Jesus died on the cross for our sins so we can have forgiveness and a hope of eternal life with our Lord and Savior to be able to believe the good news. Without delay, they follow the good news. And the call of Christ went out to them and they jumped ship to follow the good news that Jesus Christ was given to them. In Matthew chapter 8, to give you a little bit of this from the Bible as well, Matthew 8, there's a teacher of the law who comes to Jesus. He says, well, I want to follow Jesus. And Jesus says, look, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. You know, I got a rock for a pillow. I paraphrase, I got a rock for a pillow. And then we're told that there's another man. He says, well, I want to follow you too, but I have to go bury my dead father. And there's an understanding in that passage, his father hasn't even died yet. He hasn't even died yet. And the man said, just, just wait until my father dies someday, and then I'll bury him, and then I'll come follow you. And Jesus says, in a very strange statement, he says, well, let the dead bury the dead. Look, if you're going to follow me, follow me. But if you're not let's not, not, let's not play games. The good news goes out, and it is promptly responded to and followed in the right way, without any kind of delay. No excuses, no delays, no pro- procrastination. The good news is placed into our hearts And it is to be promptly followed without delay and I said I jumped through all these three points because I wanted to get to the end I wanted to get to the point of good news so what do we do with all of this See, I've shared all of this about good news but I haven't talked about the good news and the good news is this verse 15 of our text the time has come the kingdom of God is near repent and believe the good news the kingdom of God is near today We need to make sure that we are resting in the good news brought to us by the words of jesus christ we need to make sure that we are resting in the salvation that he has given to us that is the good news to us we need to make sure that we are resting in the fact that he died on the cross for our sins and we have faith in jesus christ to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we need to make sure we're holding on to that good news the good news is jesus died he was resurrected He ascended into heaven and he took a seat at the right hand of god to intercede on our behalf you want to hold on to some good news there's good news to hold on to jesus is seated at the right hand of the father and he's interceding on our behalf he's whispering into the father's ear and he says do you see my guy joe he's gonna have a rough day let's do something about it you see my girl sue She's going to have a rough day. Let's do something about it. He's interceding on our behalf. Those prayers that we don't even know what to pray, God is interceding through Jesus Christ on our behalf. There's good news to hold on to. It's good news. I want to give you a whole whole boatload, a whole bucket full of good news. Good news, you're a child of God. Good news Good news is his love for you, his love for you is so great, you can't even comprehend it. Good news, he's given the Holy Spirit to guide us and to protect us. So he just doesn't guide us, he's given the Holy Spirit to protect us and to comfort us. Good news is is that he's working in us and he's going to keep on working on, on us until the day of Christ Jesus. So that means we're going to keep getting better and better and better as his followers, as as saints of the Lord. We're going to keep getting better and better and better and better until Jesus Christ comes back someday. That's good news. Good news is he guides us in all truth. When we open up this word, it's not just some book we're reading. He actually guides us in what we're reading and reveals to us and speaks to our spirit through the Holy Spirit. Good news is our eyes have been opened and turned from darkness to light Turn from the power of satan over to god we've received forgiveness of sins and now we have a place among those who are sanctified by faith that's good news that we have been turned from darkness to light and we have actually been placed in the in the book of faith that our name is written in the book of life it's good news to hold on to good news is that we've been blessed in the heaven (laughs) good news is we have been blessed in the heavenly realms with every every spiritual blessing in christ jesus not some of them every spiritual blessing in christ jesus good news is that god will meet all of your needs according to his riches in christ jesus good news is that he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created good news is that we need not fear because god is our god He strengthens us, he helps us, he upholds us with his righteous right hand. Think about that one. God's righteous right hand. Why the right hand? I, I know I've shared this before. The right hand was a symbol of power. Whenever you read God's right hand in the Word of God, understand right away, the right hand is the hand of power. And God, he doesn't uphold us with his weak hand, he upholds us with his powerful. So all of God's power is upholding us as his believers good news is because god's blessing because of god's blessing that you will abound in every good work everything that you put your hand to will abound in every good work because of god's blessing on your life good news is the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in christ jesus good news is that jesus christ is coming back in victory and all those who follow him will be snatched up and rule and reign with him. That's all good news. And we can keep flipping pages and pages and pages in the Bible and know that the good news is there for us to to hold on to. We have a full basket, a full bucket of good news. And we have so much good news that it would pour out of that basket. Taking good news and understanding what God's word says about good news is like trying to take 50 pounds of potatoes and stuff them into a 10-pound bag. The good news just keeps coming and coming and coming through the word of god matthew 16 jesus gives some warning to the disciples to be on their guard against the yeast of the pharisees i think this is where we're at it doesn't come from the pharisees it comes from every direction in our lives we don't have pharisees per se and, but be, he warns them in matthew 16 to be on their guard against the yeast of the pharisees basically mix in a little bit of their teaching, and the next thing you know, everything's a mess. It spreads and it infiltrates everything. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three also warns us that we shouldn't be misled. That bad company corrupts, corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. So we we have a decision to make in our life. Are we going to fill up our bucket with good news? All of the good things that God has done for us. Do I fill out my bucket with that and place my hope in that? Or do I keep throwing rotten potatoes into my bucket? Because I know what happens when you have a rotten potato in your potato bin. It only takes a couple days, and every potato around it is rotten as well. Leave it sit a little bit longer, and they'll all be rotten. So we take our bucket of good news, and let's get the bad news out of it. Let's get the bad news out of it. Somehow, some way, our hope is either in the eternity that we have it with God, or it's in some type of perfect world that we think is going to come about someday. And somehow... We have to stop living in the middle. Either my hope is that the United States is going to be some great and wonderful country and everything's going to be perfect, or is my hope that my eternity is with God. We need to make sure that's where our anchor is. We need to make sure our anchor is in the bucket of good news. We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll fastened to the rock which cannot move grounded firm and deep in the savior's love you know this little story of fishers and men i want to give you a little bit of homework this is fascinating i'm going to figure out how to fit this in this morning go read the old testament take a bible search program whatever you have biblegateway.com there's an advertisement for you Look up the word hook, you know, like a fisher's hook. Look up the word hook and read through it in the Old Testament. It's quite fascinating when you read it. Every place that you read it in the Old Testament, you will read that a hook is used for ripping out what's bad out of of the situation. And so when the disciples were, I mean, not the disciples, when the Israelites were bad, God says, I will put a hook. In your mouth and I'll rip you out of there I'll tell you the truth if you have if you have a pond with a lot of fish in it and you really enjoy your koi fish and a snapping turtle moves in what are you going to do you're just gonna say oh pretty snapping turtle as you watch every koi die as you watch every fish die as the snapping turtle consumes them all sometimes we need to be fishers of men in a way that we go and look in our bucket and we need to fish out the rotten potatoes sometimes we need to look into our life look into our life and say that rotten potato is really ruining me and i need to be a fisher of men and i need to hook it and get it out of there because if i leave it in my basket of good news It's going to keep getting rotten. So there's a reality. If we really want good news and we really want to hold on to the hope that lies before us, we need to find a way to move ourselves from being anchored in bad news over to being anchored in good news and do some good fishing. What is God telling us in Mark chapter one verses fourteen through twenty? Yeah, He's telling us that the word of God was positioned in the right way, the right time. To the right people is proclaimed and put out there for them to hear and it was promptly followed but he's also telling us get your life back on the good news get your life back on the good news Because without it life's miserable but with the good news of Jesus Christ resting in our soul no more bad apples no more rotten potatoes We can live for God in the way he wants us to. We can live for God taking the good news that he has given us and carrying this forward. What I see Jesus doing in Mark 14 through 20, I believe God says, I want you to do this in your life as well. I want you to proclaim the good news at the right time. I want you to position the right news to the right people. I want you to promptly follow the good news and go wherever God wants you to go you can't do it if your life's full of bad news So there's the message for us let's hold on to the good news let's start taking some good news to some people that need to hear it because I know the world needs it it needs it really bad really really bad we have this great great treasure Jesus Christ Wrap them up into a box, and I want to hold them close. And God's saying, "Go be fisher's man. Let somebody else have them too." And that was lives before us this week. Go, let someone else have them too. Let's take the good news. First, anchor onto it ourselves. Second, let's get this good news going out to some other people. They need it really 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 bad and we had the good news to take to them let's pray heavenly father you are the good news and somewhere at some time through this journey of life you've allowed us to hear the good news And to be able to receive you as Lord and Savior. to place our faith in you and our trust in you. And to have a hope that we will be in eternity with you one day. Whether it's today or tomorrow, 50 years from now. Lord, help us to keep holding on to the good news. You have kept us and you will continue to keep us. You've promised that. You have promised that nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. We're going to hold on to those promises of good news, Lord. And while we're holding on to those promises of good news, Lord, help us to be ready to share this good news with somebody else as well. Make us fishers of men as we follow you. Lord, bless us and keep us. May your face shine upon all of us. Lord, fill our hearts with joy. Fill our hearts overflowing with joy. And the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Help us to live our lives this week doing things that will make you happy. We do ask that you continue to protect us. That your hands of protection are around us. The heads of protection that only you can give are around us. We thank you for ordaining our moments and our days and the steps that we will take today and tomorrow and throughout this week. Thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for giving us the privilege of worshiping you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great and glorious week.